Hello and welcome to the Startups Roundtable. I'd like to start with an acknowledgement of country. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. Here in Sydney, it's the Gadigal people. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Hello and welcome. Tony Hackett is my name and I'm your host at the Startups Roundtable. In this episode, I speak with Camilla Clark, the Australian country manager of Give a Grad a Go, where their graduate recruitment and early career experts help graduates start their careers. Camilla moved to Melbourne from London to expand the business globally and support recent graduates' career prospects by connecting them with exciting high-growth businesses. So let's get to it and meet Camilla. My name's Camilla. I am, well, not sure if you've heard yet, but I, I have a British accent. So I am out here in Melbourne launching the Australia operations for Give a Grad a Go. So I work for the business back in the UK for actually what I realize is eight years today, give or take, with a bit of hiatus in the middle, but we're a graduate specialist recruitment agency. So I came out here to set up Give a Grad a Go Australia. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. So I'm doing all hats that require, that sit under that, basically. Camilla, that's brilliant. And this is a, a topic that is near and dear to my heart about graduates and, and how they come into the workforce and how the workforce welcomes and accepts them. Having worked with Give Grad a Go for eight years, I'm guessing that you're living two startups yourself in the one organization. So when you started eight years ago, it must have just been like the, the embryo of, a, of an organization. And here you come to Australia. Could you maybe give us a quick snapshot across starting eight years ago and arriving in Melbourne last year to get underway? Yeah, for sure. So when I joined Give a Grad a Go, I was pretty much a graduate myself. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Moved to London, actually kind of wanted to sing. That's why I went to London, the big lights. And walked into Give a Grad a Go and there were about four, four or five, four people in the company then. And it just had this energy and buzz that was awesome. And I wanted to know what was going on there. So had a trial and started working with them. So it was when I started, I was sat next to our CEO. You know, we all were just chipping in in terms of 360, like recruitment very much from the start. And then as time kind of went on, we got bigger, things got a bit more structured. I moved into kind of a team lead role. And then I moved into more of an account management position. And about four or five years into that journey, I was taking stock a little bit of what I wanted to be doing. I'd been doing the role, well, that many years. And I think at that stage, I felt because I had fallen into it a little bit as much as I loved it, I wasn't sure whether it was the right path. So I stepped out of recruitment and into hospitality, which I'd worked in before. And I tried to set up a sparkling wine bar and got quite far, found a place. This is really condensing it as well. This sounds very bizarre, I think, in short terms, but got really far and it fell through for different reasons, but ended up actually, it helped me realize how much I do love recruitment and especially graduate recruitment. And I'd kept a really good relationship and I'd actually kept working a little bit for Give a Grad a Go. So then a couple of years ago, I also, we'd been talking about expanding to Australia. We talked about it years before, and then I was ready for the challenge. Things were aligning. And so that was the next step. 
to we were at a good size in in the UK so we thought we were ready to launch here so moved over here just before covid and lockdown and so when i got here no one knew who give a grad a go was apart from the companies that we already worked for in the UK who had offices here so my job last year was yes yeah, starting from the ground up again which it's it's been exciting terrifying but i've i've loved every second that is it's pretty incredible that's what's brought you to here i'm so interested in starting in melbourne a year ago you arrive and you're setting up this new venture certainly with heritage certainly with framework and experience but setting it up here and then how do you then bridge from that being terrified i know you're saying that a little bit tongue-in-cheek but going from terrified to right now i've got to make this work i can't just go and knock on the door sit down across the table from people what did you do? What What did you do in that first month? Gosh, I'm trying to think back to it because it was everything. I mean, at that time when I first got here, offices were still a thing. So it was like, okay, where do you want to work? And it was just a lot of meetings with everyone and anyone, anyone who would talk to me. I just wanted to learn. So for me, when I first got here, it was just learning how things work. Whoever wanted to take the time to speak to me, which was incredibly welcoming. I don't know whether coming from the UK and London, it's not as like open door, like everyone was so interested and curious to hear what Give a Grad a Go was about and what we were trying to do and how we we're trying to help grads. So I guess that first few months, then we did go into lockdown and things you couldn't be face to face. It was a lot of, you know, video calls and a lot of like LinkedIn was amazing. And I think it grew for everyone in terms of its its presence and importance and people taking it seriously. And I have developed some amazing relationships, like business, personal, like really good, solid connections over LinkedIn. This isn't a plug. I just, it's amazing. I agree with you. I think that you've picked the perfect word and that is the importance of it. It was always there. It was always part of our lives in one form or another, but the importance and the importance we made of it, that has changed enormously across the board. You work into a part of the universe, though, in working with grads that is really the fuel of the startup communities. And if we think about the audience that you know intimately from the eight years. Could you maybe talk about differentiation you see between different disciplines? And and I want to part B to the question as well. When you start to think about the types of employers, what are some of the learnings or the nuances that you have picked up in the market in Australia that would be valuable for startups who might be trying to work out how to access those industries? Do you mean what is it that startups can like what should they be looking for when it comes to junior talent? Two parts. Yeah. So maybe if I break it, let's break it into two bits, both sides of the supply chain. Let's think about the the graduates and how you'd be encouraging them to bring their best self forward, whether they were looking to start their own or to look for an employer. So what what's your advice to them? Because I guess you're a coach and mentor as much as anything with the grads. Yeah, because we're not sector role specific, the way that we talk to grads, like for years, I've always, in fact, this is the way that 
I was told how to how to start talking to grads back eight years ago was imagine you're at the pub with a friend and they go up and get the drinks and they've brought another friend you haven't met them before and you just kick off a conversation and finding out about them and and their interests and what they're into and getting to the core of them like that's how our initial conversations we always try them to be admittedly it means that I accidentally interview people all the time in a in a out of work way but I guess in terms of how we sort of coach and, and mentor grads, especially if they are interested in startups, we do a lot of work with startups, but there are some bigger corporations. So it's understanding from the get-go whether that type of ambiguous environment is going to really suit them. Because for some people, it can be they need more structure or need to have that real, yeah, clear plan ahead or, you know, that, that, that sort of experience. So those initial conversations, it's being really upfront about what to expect with startups and saying all the benefits, but not being unrealistic and getting them to really delve into the research. You know, if you're a grad and, and you're interested in fintech, cool, like go and research and engage and go to events and, and network and talk to people. And, and if you're interested in some of the technologies, download the apps, try it out, you know, really get involved because the more knowledge and the more genuine enthusiasm you have for those types of businesses, if you do get an interview, that, that would just shine through because if they're looking at graduate talent, and I'm speaking broadly here, then there's going to be scope to train. So those skills you can train, it's actually having that genuine enthusiasm and excitement for what they're doing that, that sets you apart. You've hit on something that is very meaningful to me, and that is I had the opportunity to speak with a group a week ago, and it was a, a forum that was designed to help people looking for employment to work out the best way to go about doing that. And my comment to them was, well, there's form and structure, and there's your personality. And I think the trick is to try and work out how to bring your personality forward, and especially in this day and age or at any time. It's hard to determine one person from another. So bring your personality there and people will engage with your personality. And I think that's a little bit of, that's what I was interpreting from what you were saying as well, that there's knowledge and there's experience, but there's you. And it's the you that people are actually looking for. And that must be challenging though. It's a little while since I was a grad. So when you're talking to grads to give them the confidence or to relay to them to do that. It's easy for me to stand here and, and sit and talk with you now about it. Simple. But when you're there and you're finishing uni, you've had your four years undergrad, and someone goes, take your personality forward, how do you actually get them to take the small steps to do that? You're right. It's So you do take it for granted. You forget what it's like. It's really like a lot of what we do is high high contact. So, you know, if, if someone's going for a role with us, I'll have, I would have had heaps of conversations with them before the interview and just like try and chat to them depending on time, either just before the interview or the night before or something and really act like a cheerleader. And I think that you do need that confidence. It's so hard. There's so many conversations I've had with people, like grads who are, amazing that I'm intimidated by because they are so like multiple languages running their own business doing so many multiple things that I never was doing to be honest when I was studying and I and it's reinforcing that and and saying you're amazing you you know you have this 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 now just go in and be yourself and you know, stay professional, but but enjoy it. And then remember, it's as much like their interview as it is for the employer as well. So it is just trying, I guess it's, it's, it's handholding and cheerleading. Yeah, it's just having those chats. 
Let's go to the other side of the supply chain now and talk about the employers. So not startups, but the larger corporates or corporates. What are some of the differences you've seen between working in the UK and and what you've seen in Australia so far from what the employer is looking for for, or expects from a graduate? It's a bit of a tricky question because I've found that they tend to be quite aligned. I haven't seen huge differences between what they look for. And I think that might be because of like particular, like for example, like high growth startups that we have worked for or bigger corporations who have global offices, there tends to be a kind of unanimous kind of approach to how they want to be hiring. I feel like that's a question that I'm going to come back to you in like an hour when this will be over. But I can't, I don't know whether you have something that you had in mind or, or that you've, you, you would assume or think. I I do have a trigger for the question, and that is one of the ASX 100 companies that I work across in my role, they have been a marquee brand for their user experience through their their online presence, be it mobile, desktop, what have you. And they haven't lost that, but they are also now doubling down in the search for engineering talent. And that in and of itself creates a shift and the types of skills and the types of experience doesn't mean that the people they're looking for are necessarily coming from a different undergrad degree, but it is that confidence. Are you confident to be a a user experience person or a platform engineer? And there are those sort of subtleties. But I I think my question also is about how organizations are thinking about their customers as an audience and whether they're trying to bring maybe more business savvy into their technology teams or more technology savvy into their business teams, or are they staying very traditional in whatever their silos might have been? So they're the sorts of things that were going through my mind. I think from like across the board, and this is in the UK and Australia, and especially with, I'm going to keep saying with tech companies, they tend to hire a lot of graduates into the customer experience teams, into the customer side, which I completely support and understand because it is the very best way for somebody to get to grips with the platform, the product, and actually really understand who are the customers and how does that information from the customers feed back to engineering, marketing, operations, sales. So then it's almost like their own graduate program in a sense, rather than doing a rotational scheme where you get that foundational knowledge and then progress, you know, further down the line and and you're able to make suggestions, you know, as, as an employee to the wider teams of what you've experienced. But I haven't seen that as, I've seen that globally rather than just, I'd say, in Australia or, or in the UK. Uh, can you give me a little bit of, not quite day in the life, but if someone was listening to this and they thought, I'd love to get in touch with your organization, what are they going to do? And what is going to be the first two or three touch points that they would have with you? What's that journey? There's a few ways they can go and register on the website, give a grad a go, and then you just create your own profile for free. And then you put in which industries, say you're a commerce grad interested in financial services or fintech or accounting, and then you can put that in. So that's at the very base and then you're, you're on and someone should reach out and have a chat. On the other side, you can apply directly on the jobs board and then you'll receive either like an email to let you know either way what's happening with your application or someone will reach out and have a chat. 
if we're all human, we try to speak to as many people as possible. If you haven't been contacted or something slipped in there, who knows, things happen, then reach out directly, be proactive. You know, if if you're really interested in understanding more about a particular role that's up there or an industry or something, then connect with me over LinkedIn. Drop me an email. Lots of people do reach out every day and I try to speak to everyone and chat to, you know, and, and help and just do my best with that. But yeah, connect basically. Say hi. From the industry side also, are you seeing any industries uh, in particular looking more for grads than maybe you might have expected or that you saw a year ago? How would you tier the really active in the marketplace for grads down to maybe mid I'd say that across the board globally, most the majority, if, if I look, if I think about pie chart of, of where we've made most of our placements, that's in fintech, absolutely. And other emerging tech businesses that we do like prop tech, ed tech, fintech, health tech, really big and general kind of the IT tech sector. I would say that's probably where the most activity is coming from. And within that cybersecurity, like in Victoria, they're, they're trying to find more ways for people to enter the cybersecurity industry. And that's then prompting companies like businesses to look at ways that they can really train or integrate talent into the industry. So cybersecurity, I think, is huge. That's a really interesting example because that's also a part of the universe where, from my experience, people who are looking to employ don't necessarily need you to have deep experience. They'd love that, but it's not necessarily about having deep experience in cybersecurity. It's a whole range of problem-solving skills that they want to bring to the table. Maybe links back to our earlier comment around confidence. So you bring that confidence forward, that cybersecurity is a, a really interesting area. That's been front of mind for me just the last two days as well. The FinReview Banking Summit and the chair, uh, Mike Myers, chair of APRA, actually spoke and it was heavily focused on operational resilience and and cybersecurity and needing to be able to build resilience into the systems and into the organization. So I think you've just hit on saying that there's a true horizontal opportunity for, for graduates and employers for that matter. Yeah, there's, there's going to be, I think, I mean, it's they've been saying it in going in, heading into this year, you know, which industries are to look out for and it's the cybersecurity, Internet of Things, SaaS, like, it, I mean, they already were, were growing, but it, and health tech, so many, so many res- in, interesting, obviously, responses to COVID and to what's just happening in the wider world when it comes to security. It's going to be interesting. It definitely will. Are you seeing an increased sophistication in use of social media by the graduates? I know you spoke about LinkedIn, but just as a general comment across social media. I already feel really old with social media. Like we launched a TikTok account. I don't have one personally, but it has skyrocketed and it's great. Like it's just quick snapshots. And I think that that's interesting for our market. That's probably our most successful platform and like video content. What's also interesting for any graduate job seekers or general job seekers out there that I'm learning more how important your digital footprint is as well. Thinking about the comments you make and engagements that you make over social media platforms, especially Facebook. When you apply for jobs and, you know, there's background checks and things like that, it's important to be aware of what you're putting out there, which should just be a general conscious effort. Anyway, you should be proud, I would say, of everything that you do put out there. So be mindful. 
Mindful is that's a great point. And the other thing I would add to it is there's the opportunity to nurture a relationship. It's too easy to think that needs to be just a, a one dart thrown at the board. But if you're a graduate working through your fourth year of your of your subject or whichever year you're in, there is the opportunity to nurture that relationship with potential employers. And I don't think that's taken up both in commerce as well as in in job seeking enough. But also from my experience that people on the other side of it, if they're presented with value they will actually start to build that conversation with you. And if you're looking to do it over a period of time, you have a greater opportunity there. Especially if you're coming from less experience and you're professionally using a platform in the right way, you're sending an engaging, purposeful message that's only going to be responded well. Like even if you don't get a response, it's good practice to practice how to have those engagement. It's every step is going in the right direction when it comes to that. I sound like many cliches right now. There's a difference between cliches and practice that is worth following. And what you're speaking about are practices that are worth following. And you touched lightly on one a moment ago, which is around video. I think that is something that is used a lot. But in the type of engagement that we're talking about here, I think it has an increased importance. And certainly in commerce and business development, which is what giving a greater go is about as well. It's about using that video, being able to bring that personality through as well, not just relying on the data and the facts. So I think there are a number of really great tips in amongst that. The idea of being able to speak with you today around Give a Greater Go at the Startups Roundtable was so meaningful to me, and I'm so pleased you were able to join me, and I appreciate you taking the time. I'm excited for what you're doing, and I'm excited for the audience that you're doing it with and for, and it would be terrific to stay in touch and to, to keep a, a track on, on how you're going and how things proceed. So, Camilla, thanks for taking the time today. Thank you. I appreciate just wanting to have a chat with me and hear more about it. It's been great. You've chucked some tough questions in there, but lots of stuff to think about as well. So really, really appreciate you inviting me on to have a chat with you. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Camilla as much as I did. Talk about having a job with purpose. As always, feedback is appreciated. Thanks for listening and bye for now.